Apple presents Meet the Author at the Apple Store. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Apple Store. So please join me in welcoming this afternoon's guest moderator from ET.com and TheInsider.com, Jarrett Weisselman, and today's guest, Chris Colfer. Hello, everybody. Hello. How you doing? Excellent. Very excited to be here with today's guest of honor, Mr. Colfer, who is going to start the proceedings with a reading. Oh, I'm starting. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. All right. So this is my, one of my favorite passages from, um, from the book. This is when um, the twins first discover that the book they inherit from their grandmother is indeed magic. All right. The Land of Stories book, Alex yelled. It glows, it hums, every day it gets louder and brighter. I've lost so much sleep trying to figure out how and why it does it. It breaks all the laws of science. Ah, Connor said with raised eyebrows. Alex, I think we should go see the nurse. You must think I'm insane, Alex told him. Anyone would come to that conclusion unless they saw it themselves, but I promise I'm telling the truth. I don't think you're insane, Connor lied, starting to think his sister was definitely going insane. It happens once or twice a day. Alex said. I was afraid mom would find it, so I brought it to school. The last thing she needs to worry about is a possessed book lying around her house. Connor didn't know what to say to his sister. He briefly imagined the future trips he and his mother would take to see his sister in the local asylum and the wisecracks he'd make about the cool white jacket she got to wear. Clearly, his sister had lost her mind, but after all they'd been through, he couldn't blame her. He kept thinking about his, how his dad would have handled the situation. What story would he have used to comfort Alex? Alex, Connor said, with understanding eyes, we've been through a lot in the last year. It's perfectly normal to feel overwhelmed, and the humming started again. They looked back at the land of stories on the sink. To Alex's relief and Connor's horror, it was glowing. Connor jumped back against the wall as if he were in the presence of an explosive. The land of stories book, Connor yelled. It glows, it hums. I told you, Alex said. Connor's mouth was open so wide it was almost touching his chest. Is it radioactive? He asked. I doubt it, Alex told him. She reached for the book. Don't touch it, Alex, Connor shouted. Relax, Connor, Alex assured him. I've been dealing with it all week. Using one finger, she flicked the book open, and the entire room was illuminated. All the illustrations and writing had disappeared, and the pages seemed to be made out of pure light. Alex leaned closer to the book. Listen, do you hear that? She asked. I, I can hear birds and leaves. I've never heard some sounds come out of it before. Connor edged away from the wall and leaned down with his sister. The sound of birds chirping and trees blowing in the wind echoed off the tile and porcelain in the bathroom. How is this possible? Connor asked. Are you sure it doesn't have batteries or something? My most educated analysis, with all means of science and technology in mind, is that it's magic, Alex said. Thank you. Very, very nice. Thank you. So clearly a nonfiction book. No, um, autobiography. Of course, certainly. Well, actually, that leads me into my first question, because I had read something where you said that Alex and Connor sort of represent the both halves of yourself. Uh -huh, absolutely. I am a Gemini, so, so there's three people on stage right now. Um, and uh, no, Alex is my, um, my smart, people-pleasing, bookworm side, um, and Connor is my sarcastic, doesn't give a crap side. Like yeah. That. Very nice. But when you sat down, when you had this idea for this book, I mean, clearly storytales have been something that you've loved since childhood. But what was it that cemented this story in this way for you? 
I don't know. It, it was it was the biggest story that I came up with um, in my mind, and I had the most fun with it. Um, and it, it did loads loads for me because it, it was such a method of, of escaping uh, everything that I was going through in my childhood. And I would just spend hours just daydreaming about, about traveling around, meeting goblins, and and um, you know, and meeting Snow White and all those people. If you could yourself go into one particular fairy tale, what would it be? Ooh, well, uh, I'm awfully busy these days, so I think the Sleeping Beauty story would be nice. <laughs> Because the whole kingdom got to sleep for 100 years, and that sounds great. But, I mean, that's the really cool thing at the, about the book, which you've all experienced, because I see so many copies out here in the audience, is that it really seamlessly weaves some of everyone's favorite stories into one cohesive piece. Was there anyone that you couldn't include, that you tried to fit in, but it didn't exactly work out? Yes, in the original, um, in the original uh, story, there were two villains that the kids were um, uh, caught uh, in between, um, and I saved one of those villains for the second book, um, and I'm really excited about that. And uh, and also, Mother Goose was was is one of my favorite characters in in the world, um, and and she will make her her grandparents in the second book. So suffice it to say, when when this film gets optioned into a movie, <laughs> the book gets optioned into a movie, you'll be playing Mother Goose. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I would find someone much better. <laughs> a real old lady, not a fake one. Fair enough. Yeah. But you know, one of the, the great things about fairy tales in general is the morality that exists at the core of all of them. For you, what was it that you wanted readers to get from this book? I wanted to uh, almost reintroduce um, the old lessons and morals of the original fairy tales, which I think have been lost over the course of time. Um, and I also wanted to kind of add my own touch to them. Um, like when, when they meet Cinderella, uh, that's, that's kind of a way for me to, to kind of vent, because uh, I was made out to be a, a Cinderella story. Um, and I used to drive me nuts because people used to say, oh, you, you know, you came from such a hard time and now you're famous. So therefore, all your problems are solved, and uh, and I'm like, ah, no, are you kidding me? Like, I'm very lucky that I, I'm I'm now able to to do what I love. That's what makes me a Cinderella story, but not because I'm famous. That's that, that sometimes that that's scary, you know, being followed around with strange men and cameras and and, and all that. Um, so I, I made sure that Cinderella told the kids, you know, what makes my story so great is that I met the man of my dreams and we're starting a family. Not that I'm queen. Absolutely, but. In getting to do what you love, I marvel at the fact that you have time to do everything you love. I know what a crazy shooting schedule Glee has you on. You were filming a movie. You went on tour. How did you fit this book in? I really, I'm, I'm still kind of shocked that I, that I did it. Um, I, honestly, just in between musical numbers on the tour, in between scenes while we're filming, uh, on the plane, uh, in the car, um, at home, in, in hotel rooms, just whenever I could. Um, and uh, it, it's interesting how, uh, because it was such a crazy schedule and, and the Glee experience has been so crazy itself, how writing about a, a fantasy world kept me sane. <laughs> that makes any sense. It completely <laughs> makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. You know, you read one of your favorite passages. The book has a lot of really great sort of scenes. Did you find the process of writing a novel in this way harder or easier than you expected? Ooh, I, it just depend on, depended on what I was writing, I think. Um, uh, sometimes it would just, I had days when it would just flow like a stream, and other days it was like, oh, ooh, ee, ah, ah, get out, get out, get out. Um, but um, it just depended. It, it was very, very difficult writing a book. It, it's really not that easy. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it, would, it would just depend on, on what story, what part of the story I was telling. Mm -hmm. What story did you find the hardest to fully form? I, I well, I, I think the evil queen's backstory is so because uh, she is a, a woman, in, in her, a middle-aged woman, 
of, of, a, of a classic era telling her story. So uh, me putting my, my 22-year-old boy self into, into, her, into her, uh, her head to, to think about what, how would she describe her situation? What, what language would she use? That was hard, pretending that I was a 40-year-old woman. That was hard. That's why they call it acting and writing. You exactly. Get, That's why I, I feel like they're so hand in hand. So yeah. Cool. Absolutely. So what? I mean, let me ask because this is obviously a lifelong dream of yours. I know you've been thinking and dreaming about being a writer since you were young. What does it mean to have all of these people here holding the book that says "Written by Chris Colfer" on the cover? It, it's it's crazy. I, mean, I feel like everyone who has a has a is holding a book has a little bit of my soul with them. So it's very very strange. Um, and I think I'm I'm a little bit in um, overwhelmed. Joy denial. Does that, does that make overwhelmed joy sure. denial? Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely something that your fan base really likes. But one, when you decided to write a book, was there any discussion in your mind about is this more of an adult book, or is do you really like playing to sort of the fairy tale child side? Well, I, I, th I think um, uh, I don't know if I've ever thought the Land of Stories was really a children's book, to be quite honest, because I got a kick out of it even now, um, and uh, I don't see anyone under ten in the audience right now. So uh, um, I, I really I'm sticking to my guns and saying that I think anyone would like the story. Anyone who likes fairy tales and magic in general, I think, will love the story. And and the twins are only going to get older as as the as the story goes. So I, I think the books will, will will get older, and hopefully people will get to to, to grow up with the twins, kind of like how I, I got to grow up with Harry Potter characters. But one of the only really hard decisions I had to make when I was writing the book, which I haven't said this yet, which is kind of a secret, was I really wanted to release it under a pseudonym. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't want to release it as, as um, Chris Colfer, because I was terrified people would take it the wrong way and think it was a celebrity book. And, and, and I don't want people to, to like the story just because I had written it or, or hate the story just because I had written it either. I mean, what kind of reactions have you gotten from your fans who have read it? So far, so good. <laughs> um, I, I, I have a lot of people um, I, I are really liking it, I, I, I think. Um, and uh, I, I try not to, because I, I, I know I'm going to find one tweet one day that's going to be like, this book sucks, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just die. Um, but um, so, so far, I, I, I've, I've gotten messages from, from people being like, yeah, I sat down to read this for 20 minutes, and now it's been four and a half hours, and it's fun. It finished. And I got one, um, a tweet from mom this morning being like, can you please tell, tweet my daughter to put down your book and clean her damn room? <laughs> Um, so, so which are the, which are the greatest compliments? So, um, I really, really just hope people genuinely like the book and and like the characters. For sure, you were talking about people that didn't get into the first book that could go into the second book and beyond. In your mind, how many books are in the Land of Stories? Oh gosh. Um, well, uh, my 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 book deal. Uh, is for two books, and um, for me, I'd only ever thought about doing the one, honestly, just 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 the land of stories, and I wasn't even going to have a subtitle. It was just going to be the land of stories, and, and this is what it was going to be. Um, and and then when when the offer came for there to be a two book deal, I I thought, wow, well, I mean. I don't want to say goodbye to the characters because I, I, I know what happens to them. I might not say what happens to them, but I, I definitely know what happens. Um, and and so I was, uh, and I'm very excited to tell that, that story of, of what happens next. So I think I, I might always have that, that instinct to, to want to tell what happens next. So we'll, we'll see. It depends on how, how people like it. Absolutely. I mean, I think everyone seems to be really enjoying the book, yes? So I feel like you might be locked into a lot of these books. So. I, if I could be so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so lastly, let me ask you this, because we're going to turn this over to audience questions in a moment. One of the most iconic things about any fairy tale is three little words. Mm. What does happily ever after mean to you? 
Um, well, uh, if, if you read the book, uh, you'll, you'll see that Happily Ever After really kind of, uh, uh, it, it, well, for one, in the book, it's used as a treaty. It's, uh, it's, like, a, it's like a UN, and it's Happily Ever After. It's just kind of like a, you know, like a, in God we trust type of thing um, for the fairytale world. Um, but I, I think Happily Ever After just means, um, well, for me personally, I mean, like, like a, a nice house by the beach for, you know, for retirement. That sounds great. Um, but um, I, I think happily ever after is, is almost um, a tongue-in-cheek uh, expression, being like, happily ever after, meaning like, that's all we're going to tell you. That's the end. But some, some stuff went down, but that's all you need to know, you know? <laughs> it's true. I mean, and that is the real thing that I took away from this book. It's that s almost more happens to people once they get their happily ever after than everything leading up to it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think there, there's no there's no solution to life. Like there there's gonna be problems no matter what. Um, and um, and it, it, there's no there's no um, like there, like of course like Cinderella had a magic fairy godmother and but her problems didn't go away. You know, like that that's always gonna that's always gonna be there. Um, so so I I think happily ever after is really something you have to find and you have to you have to create it. It's not it's not it's not a magic solution to anything. Absolutely. Well, I know many of you have been camped out here all night in some cases. I oh mean, my God. Which is amazing and really, really beautiful, I think. So why don't we turn this over to the audience and we can get some of their questions. I believe there's people with microphones who just want to raise your hands. Just raise your hand and we'll come to you. We have one all the way over here. It will start in the second row. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> I, I told you guys yesterday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> camped out there, camped out here. <laughs> you guys must be exhausted. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's either that or... I don't know, not be here. <laughs> um, I was just wondering because you seem to be writing all the time simultaneously between screenplays and your novels. How is it, like, how do you keep that separate? Because the writing styles are very different. And do you find it difficult sometimes when you're going back to novel or screenplay, or do you keep them very separate, or are you all over the place? Yeah, I, I'm, a little, I, I'm definitely all over the place, but it, it is definitely difficult because sometimes I'll, I'll be writing, uh, like, the Second Land Stories book, and I'll be like, oh, this is, this is, I'm writing a screenplay. This is not detailed enough. I need to throw some more stuff. And uh, the same thing for when I'm writing screenplays. I'll, I'll, like, sit there and I'll be like, and then he lightly touches the pencil and thinks to himself of a, of a possible conclusion for the matter. And, and, and I'll, oh, that's, that's a novel. I can't, I can't, you know, just put, just put, just put, he puts the pencil back. You know, don't, let the actor, let the actor do his job. Uh, but no, it's it's a constant uh, and battle uh, with, with those two uh, formats. I like that your internal monologue is British, by the way. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. My internal monologue works at Downton Abbey. Yeah. Standing to the back. Hi. Hi. Um, so I forgot to tell you yesterday that the book and Struck by Lightning are both amazing. But I wanted to ask if... Um, in the second book, if you plan to have like a time jump, are we going to see uh, teenage Alex and Connor? Is it going to be immediately after the first? They're going to be 14. Oh, God. They're going to be 14 in the second book. Yeah, so there'll be a uh, there'll be a two-year gap, and um, and uh, uh, well, it's the first book right now, so I don't want to I don't want to give a cliffhanger or, or or a teaser yet. Next question, all the way here in the back. Hi. Hi. Um, uh, you said like you made the characters during your childhood. Are any of the characters based off of people you met in your childhood? What? Subconsciously, I think. And it wasn't until I, I, I kind of went back and, and started writing it again that, that I realized that like Red Riding Hood, oh my God, that's so my cousin. Like, oh, <laughs> whoops. Um, uh, yeah. And um, 
And um, uh, uh, my, my Alex, uh, the character of Alex, her, she was uh, named after my cousin who was, who was born at the time, which is ironic because she's 12 now, and so is Alex. So that's where we had that worked out. Um, and, um, and I think my, the grandmother is uh, based on my deceased grandmother. And I, I never really put the connection together until recently. But yeah. Last row to your left. Hi, Chris. Hi. Uh, what is your favorite horrible, tragic ending to a fairy tale? Ooh, well, the Little Mermaid had it rough. I mean, oof, she threw her life away. She grew some legs for him, and and what happens? He he left her for the for the next hot thing that came around, you know. So, and in the original Little Mermaid, she dies in the end. She doesn't she doesn't get married to to Eric. Um, she she yeah, and she she's given a, a a knife for the sea witch, and the sea witch tells her, you know, if you stab him in the heart with this knife, you can come back to sea and live as a mermaid again. And she couldn't bring herself to it. So at the end, she ended up dying in, in kind of a, a semi-suicidal way. Yeah, so that, that was heartbreaking. Yeah, poor mermaid. Another yeah. question here in the back row. Yeah. Just curious, would you ever put some pop culture references in a fairy tale? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I kind of put um, some uh, 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 um, uh, literary references in this one, but there's, there's one line that Connor is going to say to somebody in, in the second book that, that I think is hysterical. Um, I don't know if I if I can if I should if I should say I mean, anything. Obviously, you should tell well, us. Well, okay. Well, all, all I'm gonna say is there's the Connor in the second book is gonna say to someone, you know what, lady? In our world, people think you have green skin and horns. There you go. Second row. Hi, Chris. Hi. So I finished your book. It was amazing. Thank you. I did it all online for yesterday, and I was wondering. Every environment seems so different and has an entire different atmosphere. If you could just plop into one of those kingdoms, where would you want to go and like what would you want to do there? I would want to be in uh, the Sleeping Kingdom 100 years ago before the curse because that was the most beautiful kingdom before the curse hit them. And the cur once the curse hit them, it just became the whole land went to sleep and, and died and, and hibernated. Um, but uh, 100 years ago, it was beautiful, um, and w which I talk a lot about in the, in the second book. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, I think the Sleeping Kingdom, which was called the Eastern Kingdom 100 years ago, but since the curse was renamed the Sleeping Kingdom. Yeah, Chris. Next question over here in the second row. Yeah. Hi, Chris. I literally just finished your book like five minutes before you came out. Oh, awesome. And I love it. Um, but there is one other work, I guess, that combines all these fairy tales and there's sort of a scavenger hunt. So as another musical theater fan, I was wondering if you ever thought of Into the Woods when you were writing this novel you know no, I did I did not um and uh which is crazy because when I think of into the woods when the witch is is, is collecting those items it's it's for a potion and this is a spell so I mean come on uh but uh but no not really um and uh, uh and of course the reason why I fell in love with into the woods when I was younger is because I had a love for fairy tales um so so the, the, this kind this was kind of the egg and that was kind of the chicken uh, in my in my mind at least yeah second row Okay, this is gonna take kind of a seg from your book, but I've been wondering this for a really long time. Okay, if there was a battle between Raphael the Ninja Turtle and Chewbacca, who would win? I mean, question of the day, I think. I need to... Well, let's be honest. They'd probably just order pizza and call it a day. I don't know. I mean... Well, I mean, what weapons do they have? Well, he has size swords, and does Chewbacca have the gun? Because that's not fair. 
No, no weapons. Ooh, then I, oh, I think, I think Raphael would win. Yeah. And he's got that shell he can hide in and be like, <laughs> stupid carpet. <laughs> you know? Um, but, oh, but I would hate to put Chewbacca in any scenario where he gets hurt. Oh, I know. Right? <laughs> we, that's a tough act to follow. We got another question over here on the end. Hi, Chris. I don't know how I'm going to follow that intense question, but um, out of all the classic fairy tales, which one do you feel most personally connected to? Ooh, um... I've, I've always... I, I, Sleeping Beauty's always been one of my, my absolute favorites. I, I don't know. I think maybe because she had it so easy. I mean, well, except except for in my book. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it seemed like she's just like, la-da-da-da-da, oop, prick, whoop, fall asleep, oop, husband, yay, you know? <laughs> So, so maybe I, I just love the whole the, the easy the uh, easy story of hers. But um, um, I'm a cinder fella. Mm. We have another question in the second row. Um, hi, Chris. Um, as a person who's not a native English speaker, I was wondering if you are like planning or, on or uh, would like to see the land of stories translated into another language. Yes, absolutely. Um, I personally am struggling with English myself, um, so, so I won't be translating it. But um, uh, yes, no, there are plans for it to be uh, translated in, in many languages and, and to be put in uh, many other countries. Okay, great. Thank you. In the middle. Oh, um, hi. <laughs> Sorry. Hi. Um, I was just wondering, um, this is going to take a tangent too, but uh, what is your earliest memory? Being born. <laughs> No, I, I used to, I used to, I used to, I used to say that's traumatizing. <laughs> um, no, I had this memory, like I swear to God, I had this memory of, 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 of being in this dark place and, and suddenly seeing a strip of light go across my eyes. <laughs> and I woke up and I saw this man like huddled like, like, like a football player, like, like waiting for me. And I used to ex ex describe it to like all my, my, my aunts and uncles and my parents and they'd be like, Chris, that doesn't happen, that doesn't happen, that's not what being born is like. But I was a C-section. So the strip of light could have been the, you see? See? So who knows? Who knows? Uh, another question, second row right here. Hi, Chris. Hi. Um, I was just wondering if there's anything you do to get into the headspace of writing, like a soundtrack you listen to, or do you go somewhere special, or can you just sit down anywhere and just like hash it out? Uh, you, usually, if I'm lucky, I can just hash it out, but um, uh, sometimes uh, uh, music helps. Um, like, I was listening uh, to uh, Amber Riley's version of I Look to You when I wrote the, the funeral stuff about the dad, which put me in a great space to write about that. Um, and, uh, and sometimes if I just need help getting into, into the magical world, I, I listen to, like, uh, like, a Danny Elfman soundtrack. Yeah. Second row, middle. Hi, Chris. Um, we know that you wrote the fantasy book and you're doing your historical movie. Is there like any other genres that you're going to try to tackle in the future? Uh, well, that's it for now. Um, I, think, I, I think I eventually would like to, to tackle everything. A absolutely. Um, I, I, would, I would love to be one of the lucky few that, that could do everything. All the way in the back row in the middle. Hi. Um, you said you want to write your book with a pseudonym. What pseudonym were you thinking of? Oh, I don't know. Probably just Mr. Pseudonym. That'd been fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, and then years later, revealed that I was Mr. Pseudonym on my deathbed. You know, um, but I, I, I didn't think about it. Luckily, I, I was talked out of it. I love you. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you. That was easy. Thank you. <laughs> I know she was row. talking to you. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jared. Sorry. <laughs> Hi. Um, we had to write this down because we're not coherent anymore. Uh, you said that writing the story when you were younger offered you 
solace of a store. How has your relationship with the store evolved from back then until now? It, interesting because when I when it came to me, I was going. I had I was in a, in a rough place as a kid, and I think when I started going back to it, I was kind of. In, 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 a, in a rough place as an adult, too, because I was just learning uh, how, how d dealing with um, the pressures of fame and, and being known uh, and, and all that cause with Glee. So it really uh, has acted as, as the best therapy um, in, in many different stages of, of my life. All the way in the, in the back row again. Hi, Chris. Hi. Um, I know you said you identify yourself with both Alex and Connor in different ways, but which character overall do you most associate yourself with oh well i think i think there's a there's a little um <laughs> this is going to sound politically incorrect but it's not there's there's an evil queen in all of us um but uh uh because i i think we've all been um in a place where uh we're misunderstood and we're we're something you you don't get to you know say your full side of the story um, and you just have to live with, with, with what the world thinks of you and, and, and the world's overall opinion. And, and sometimes, sometimes I, I, I hate that, doing that when I'll, I'll say something and I'll think, wait, no, no, that, you, you, didn't, you, you didn't print the rest of my quote. Wait, that's, that's so unfair. Um, and, uh, and, and so I, I, think, I think that I was inspired to tell her story because of those experiences. Yeah. Back to the left. Hi. Um, this isn't about the latest stories, but it's equally important. What's your favorite Harry Potter book and character and why? Yeah. You guys have got like difficult genre questions today. You guys are harder than Piers Morgan. Jeez. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I mean, I oh, oof. Um, I I I really loved. I, I don't know if it was the mystery of it, but I loved Chamber of Secrets. I know I'm alone in that. That that was one of my favorites. But I loved Goblet of Fire. Loved loved Goblet of Fire. Um, and uh, Deathly Hallows. Um, now I'm just gonna name all of them. Um, uh, but um, I don't know if I could if I could have a favorite character because there are so many of them. You know, no McGonagall. She's my favorite character. I love. I love she was spicy and 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 she didn't take crap from no one. Third row on the left. Hi, Chris. Um, Hi. You mentioned that you were writing a 1920s or 30s asylum book. Do you have any inspiration for that too? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a screenplay. Um, and uh, I, I think the only the only uh, uh, inspiration that I had from that was just uh, uh, wanting to to do something really dark because because it, it's it's a lot of fun when you get to do stuff dark. I, I did a really dark school play in high school and I loved it. We have time for two more questions. The first of which is right here in the middle. Hi, Chris. Hi. First of all, I'm sorry for scaring you yesterday. I totally didn't mean to do that. It's it's right. I I went to therapy. I'm all good. It's recovered. <laughs> <laughs> um, my question was, after the book was published and you saw how it was laid out and everything, was there anything that you regretted not putting in it or anything that you looked back and said, that would have fit perfectly and I could have done that? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to nitpick it for the rest of my life, but um, no, I, I, I'll, I'll just say no because uh, I got the story out there and um, so, so my 10-year-old my uh, to-do list is, is, is done. Um, so uh, no, no. Uh, so overall, no, but, but I'll always nitpick it for the rest of my life. And last question, last row. Uh, hi, Chris. I read your book, and it was great, and I loved it. Thanks. But I was just wondering, like, have you ever always wanted the twins to be the main characters? Or like, did you want yourself in the book, so it was just a single person? And then when you got like older, you were like, it should be twins. 
No, it was it was always twins, and I'm I'm surprised that as a ten year old I wasn't going to be like I, I want to write about a book about me and my adventures. Um, but no, it was it was always it was always two of them. Um, and um, I I, I kind of saw everything from Connor's point of view, from 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 from, from the boys' point of view for a while. But um, uh, but but no, it, it was always it was always twins. It was always twins. I always always thought of them. Yeah, of course. Excellent. Well, listen, everyone, thank you so much for coming out today. Thanks to the Apple Store. And if you do not already, first of all, I don't know why you don't, but go buy The Land of Stories, The Wishing Spell in bookstores now. Oh, or probably on the Apple iTunes Store. <laughs> what a great segue. Thank you again to Chris Cole for everybody. Thank you guys thank so you much. Guys thank so you, Jared. Thank you.